For the ones who know safety isn't a catchphrase, it's a culture. And the ones who help make sure everyone makes it home safe. For the safety-minded who watch everyone's backs, Granger offers supplies and solutions for every industry, as well as safety assessments and training to keep your facilities safe and your people safer. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. <laughs> Damn it. Hold on. Five, four. Hey guys, I'm so sorry. <laughs> I hung up on the call. <laughs> I went to go and put it on mute and I went, oh fuck. I saw you sign off. Is that a new feature on Skype? <laughs> no, I just hung up. Do you need to restart the call again? <laughs> no. I think so. I think we're good. Yeah, you can jump in and out. Are we good? Yeah. yeah. Oh, okay. Well, I just wanted to make sure. <laughs> so, Funny. I'm, I'm definitely putting this in the episode. This is cold open. All right. Five, four. Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, children of all ages, to the Winners Coming Game of Thrones podcast. That's right, I said podcast, not podcast. I'm your host, Razor, and I'm here with Corey Thone, Corey Smith, and Isis, and we're here to talk about everybody's favorite show, Game of Thrones, and everybody's favorite episode, The Bells. Corey Thone, you've got some strong opinions about this episode. Let's do it. All right, so I don't know if you know this or not, but Game of Thrones is based off some fucking books. What? Uh, what? No, no. I seriously, the if it was based off books, it wouldn't have sucked so bad. I was having a conversation after this episode with uh, with a friend of mine at work, and we were just kind of chatting about. I don't know. We're trying to make sense of it, I guess you'd say, like just how fast everything happens. The, the lack of nuance and all that. And and my friend said, yeah, it was a really pretty episode. Like, it looked, the episode looked great. And I said, yeah. You know, the thing is, if you were going to show somebody just an episode of Game of Thrones to be like, yeah, this is what, this is the kind of shit you can be prepared for, this would be a good one to do. The problem is, if you had no, like, background of game of thrones and the characters and you watch this episode you would just assume daenerys has always been the bad guy cersei is a sympathetic good guy mm-hmm. jamie's a sympathetic good guy and the starks are side characters or maybe even mean right so i, I just uh I, this is the next last episode and we're just now and that's the first time i could say that about any of those characters and that's a problem because it's the next to last episode. So if you're going to make these huge character pivots, maybe just spitballing here, do it before the next to last fucking episode. Here's my big problem with the whole thing is we talked about this before the podcast started. Um, 
we needed extra episodes last season, and we needed a full 10 episodes this season to flesh some of this out. If you're going to make a villain of Daenerys, I'm fine with that. I I fully embraced villain Danny last night. I just didn't like how they I didn't like how they pushed it on us. Um, so like, give me villain Danny in season seven and make her the major character to defeat. Deal with the Night King in season seven and deal with Danny and her dragons in season eight. Don't make this some half-assed half-assed writing hack job by D and D, and it really makes me upset. Isis, I know you were pretty riled up last night but you've kind of gone to a, a a zen state right now haven't you i have uh gang i i would like to refer this to i i am i'm just ambivalent at this point i uh i read an article written by Corey phone on winter is coming he's a jackass <laughs> and uh and i'm not gonna Hack. lie it, it it really it put me in a place where you know i was in these all these uh you know i was in denial i was in you know uh bargaining i was doing all of these different things and and it, i i've just gotten to the point where i'm gonna accept what we're given um because there's nothing i can do about it there's nothing i can rant and rave about uh, that no one else on the internet hasn't already said, and, and people on this podcast haven't already said. Um, we've already said that it was too short of a season, this season, and you know they could have done more last season. Um, you know we've talked about the the choppy, um, you know writing, the the acting and the visuals, incredible incredible stuff. Um, hats off to those people who who actually do that because, I mean seriously. The visuals just in, in every episode, except for the dark, dark episode, that was, there were some issues there. Uh, yeah. But other than that, I mean, great visuals. Um, the storytelling, again, just um, it seems like seven and eight and season seven and eight have just had some major issues with the, with the storytelling. And, and that's what's bringing it down. Um, but I, I'm to the point now where I'm just I'm ready to throw myself in the uh, last episode and I think I'm really going to kind of take a step back from Game of Thrones, maybe even a year. And Ooh. I will rewatch the entire series again. And maybe, just maybe, I will have a deeper appreciation for it. But I think being this close to it, knowing that they had two years to prepare for this, I'm, I'm just, I'm, I, I just kind of go, I throw my hands up in the air and just go, okay, well, here it is. This is what All it right. is. We just got a few more days in the finale here, and then it's over with. Corey Smith, um, in a vacuum, I agree with Corey Phone. In a vacuum, this is a great episode. Um, you would show this to your friends to get them hooked on this show. Um, but as a, a show, and that's so in like, this is the last season of probably what is one of the greatest television shows of all time. Right? It'll go down. I know, I know. People are saying used to be now, and that makes me really sad. Think about that for a second, right? Like before this season, everybody goes, hey, here Game of Thrones ushered in the golden age of television. It is the greatest television show of all time. And now here we are, the penultimate episode of Game of Thrones as a series, and we're going, eh, is it really, though? Corey Smith, lay down some heat. Well... I don't. I don't necessarily have any heat anymore. Um, that 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 phone guy. He wrote this uh, um, other article last week. Um, <laughs> he's I mean, a he's hack. Quit reading him. 
I know. He's like the only guy I read though. Don't so, give him clicks. He's yeah. I mean, I read my garbage. own. I read my own stuff a lot, but um, so <laughs> yeah. he, he he brought up the uh, what's it the Briggs Meyer stages. Kubler Ross. Oh, oh my okay. god. Briggs Meyer is the personality thing. Oh my god. Okay, cool. So here's here, here's <laughs> what is, I took. See, I'm with, I'm see, with hey Smith, this right now. Smith, this is why I don't read your shit. Okay, this is why I don't read your shit. And this I'm is why I don't right read this shit. And I've I've worked with this guy for five years. Can I make my point? Yeah, please. Okay, so my point was yeah. last week. Last week that episode fucking killed it for me, and it was so fucking shitty that I mean, literally everybody was asking me what was wrong and why couldn't I stop saying it was shitty, and because I was in that stage of anger because the show used to be so great. And that episode was so fucking shitty that, you know, it just hey, made Hey, me... real quick, did you almost get fired over it? <laughs> I, I was at, I was questioned about my dedication, we'll say that. Um, oh and, my God. But I was just so angry because of how much we all, I think, loved the show. And I think that eventually what I did was I moved past it into the... I moved past the denial, the anger, and I moved into acceptance. And what I decided to accept was the fact that it's no longer the best show on TV. It's basically a shell of itself. And we're watching like a fascinating, um, you know. Oh, your internet, your internet <laughs> shit the bed when you got to Fast and Furious <laughs> stuff, buddy. I, I want to tell everybody that he had a Fast and Furious reference, and he was excited to deliver it, and his internet fucked it up for him. Am I not here? Am I still you're, here? You're, you're here now, now, but okay. we're not so, so, looking hotspot again. Yes. <laughs> you live outside of Austin, Texas. You guys have, like, Google Fiber and shit. Yeah, not out outside of... As the key word I mean, there is outside of Austin. So uh, here's here's my point. You watch a Fast and Furious movie. It's beautifully shot. It makes no <laughs> fucking sense. Oh my god! Oh my god! I can't take this anymore. I really okay. can't. Uh, Corey, Corey, buddy, buddy. I, I, I'm just going to ask you to stop talking. Trust me. I know that you think I'm being rude. Oh, my Jesus. <laughs> what in the fuck is going on? Right. <laughs> he won't stop either. He won't stop. Oh, my God. Oh, so we okay, it, folks. Okay, oh, just mute, mute, mute. <laughs> okay. okay. <laughs> I love listen, guys. I love Corey Smith, and his internet has been an issue since he started this podcast. Oh my god, man, I cannot stop crying right now. I'm laughing so hard. Okay, which is your, Dude, is your say. wife if is your wife streaming something? Tell her to stop. No, he's using he's using a hotspot on his phone. Oh dear god. Yeah, and it's like this is again, 
He's put as much effort into getting on the internet as D&D put into writing this fucking season. Oh. So. <laughs> Zing. Zing. Sorry, that was a little That much. was a good one. That was, no, it was a good one. Of course, we'll come back to you later when, whenever you're a big boy and you've grown up a little bit. Okay, so um, let's get into the episode. I don't want to really I – mean, we could nitpick this entire thing, but um, – Let's talk about the performances. No, like you can you can say that you hated Daenerys turning uh, Mad Queen when she did, and how it was forced on us. But you cannot fault Amelia Clark's performance as the Mad Queen. Isis, do you agree with that statement? Yeah, I mean, I definitely think that we saw a switch in her um, change. I think her interactions um, with John with. Um, varies with the Tyrion I mean that it all started pointing that way of like here's a person who's really afraid really on the edge really just about to freaking lose her shit so I mean it's not a shocker to me that um that you know here we are and and she's you know when the bells toll and everybody was like, all right. So and, and I love the fact that everybody was kind of like still watching because it wasn't like, all right, you know what? They rang the bells. Whew, man, thank God we're, we can relax right now. They were all still pretty tense. Like they were all watching gonna, the dragon. Yeah. They're like, what is she going to do? What is she going to do? And they're like, ah, shit. Um, so, you know, I mean, you could definitely see a look on her face of when the bells told of like. Yeah, I'm going to be a dragon. And um, and that's exactly what she was. I mean, you know, every Which time... would have been fucking awesome in season seven. I, I completely agree. I mean, I think, you know, being able to go ahead and say, all right, you know what? I've been told that I need to be a dragon. I've been holding myself back. I've been listening to my advisors. I've been listening to somebody who I kind of care about, you know, even though he's my nephew. Um, you know, a little complicated. Uh, all that stuff and everything. And and then, you know, gradually go and say, you know what? I'm just going to be a dragon because this uh, other stuff hasn't been working for me very well. Again, I would have liked to have seen this gradually happen um, versus you know, um, the, it was just a, a complete, you know, heel turn, if you will. Uh, but Amelia sold it. And I think everybody in the episode, except for Jon Snow, sold it. Let's talk about Kit Harrington. He has been basically a side show piece, basically. I don't, I don't want to call him a side piece because that's not what I'm looking for. But he's basically been the guy who stands to the side and grunts and goes, I don't want it. Every time somebody asks him something, I don't want it. And then he grunts. She's my queen, and then he grunts. Kit Harrington is not going to be up for an Emmy, Emmy nomination this year. I'm telling you right now, it's going to be Peter Dinklage, because once again, Peter Dinklage fucking slayed this episode. I don't know about you guys, but when he grabbed when he grabbed Varys' hand before Varys was burned by Drogon, amazing. When he when he hugged Jamie and cried on his shoulder, amazing. I had tears in my eyes. That was amazing acting on his point. On his part, so I think I think you got Peter Dinklage, I think you've got Amelia Clark, and I think you've got Macy Williams that will be up for Emmy nominations. Uh, Felon, you're kind of you're kind of an awards guy. I don't know if you follow the Emmys much, but what do you think about that? I think that's a good bet. Uh, there's no way. I mean, you're talking about Kit Harrington being cast aside. Uh, Lena Headey uh, 
she's been like in one episode barely. Yeah, twelve minutes combined screen time this season. It's just, it just. Re- and I'm, I pulled the number out of my ass, but it's so believable that you were like, <laughs> oh, wow. Like, that's my point. She hasn't been in the show. She has been absolutely not a player in this season. And that is kind of shitty whenever she's supposed to be. Uh, you already killed the big bad that we had for eight seasons. You right, killed right. him in episode three. And then it was like, OK, well, I guess the big bad is going to be Cersei. And it's like, no, actually, it's going to be Danny. And it's like, okay, but 1.7 episodes ago, Danny was sacrificing herself and her armies and dragons to fight the army of the dead. What changed? And mm-hmm. then they go, uh, fuck off. I'm counting my money. Like, they, they don't. <laughs> I, it's just the, the pacing is such an issue. And it's not just us. And Isis said it earlier in the episode. There's nothing that we can say that people who don't have a bigger platform haven't already said on a hundred other podcasts, a hundred other shows and articles. Everybody from The Ringer to AV Club, whoever has has come out and said, oh yeah, this this kind of sucks dick. Like, it's, it's just... This is really off base. What the fuck is going on? It's just bad. And it's not, it's not like a concentrated... It's not like with, you know, an example of a, of a movie, like we've talked about The Last Jedi before, that quote-unquote subverted expectations. That had a critic rating of in the 90s. And crushed it at the box office. The only thing that people didn't, it was like a smaller contingency of Star Wars fans were upset that it didn't go the way they wanted them to. Which is how I feel like some people were mad at the third episode with Arya. Although looking back now, they might not have been as totally wrong as we all were saying. Because we all assumed that Jon would have a role to play going forward. But he hasn't. At all, John's John's done basically nothing this entire season, and you're John, right. I guess I guess John's going to kill Danny if that's what he does. If that's why he was brought back from the dead, that seems kind of silly to me. Yeah, because Arya could have killed Danny. And, exactly. Well, but, and that, just to go just go to your point of what you're saying. I mean, you know, there's supposed to be this you know, thing that, that the, the red witch had said that she was going to go ahead and kill, you know, brown eyes, blue eyes and green. Right. Well, Cersei obviously now, well, I don't know. She's dead, but we didn't see her die. Um, Oh, she's dead. But I, I believe that she's dead. Now, Danny in the books has purple eyes, right? Cause she's a Targaryen, but in the show, she's got green eyes that the, the actress has green eyes. So is that to lead us to believe that, you know, that uh, to fulfill that, you know, Red Queen's thing that she's going to go ahead and also k- kill uh, Daenerys. Um, again, what does that mean for bringing back J- uh, John back to the show? I mean, it really if 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 if, she, if Arya was going to do all of these things, why even have him there? Well, Does it really make any sense? What really bothers me, and I really want to get to this Kit Harrington thing, is I have always been a huge Jon Snow fan. I've always been a Stark fan. Uh, anytime talk, anybody talked about the Northern Lords, I was always – I know all the Northern Houses. I'm a big geek like that. But when it comes to Jon Snow and him coming back to life in season six, you knew that he was supposed to have a purpose. Like there was a reason the Lord of Light brought him back, and Melisandre said that as much, right? Well, and when it came to this season's episode where he fought in the long night, he really didn't do anything but scream at a dragon. 
Really? I mean, he rode Rhaegal around, he fell off Rhaegal, and then he, then he screamed at Viserion until Arya killed the Night King. And that was what he did in that episode. And now he gets to King's Landing, or first he lands at Dragonstone, and is really grossed out by kissing his aunt. And you can tell that he's grossed. Like, he does not want to make out with, with Daenerys. Like, the fact that she's his aunt really turns him off, which should be that way, even though Targaryen's married sister to brother and whatnot. But you've got you've got this whole thing now where Kit, Kit Harrington, which was arguably one of the leads of the sh- of an ensemble cast show, is put to the back burner, and that sucks. Um, Corey Phone, I would like to hear your thoughts on. Do we need? Sorry, right, <laughs> Isis in the Cor- chat just said John is a Mary Sue. <laughs> it's so funny. Actually, I believe the term is Gary Sue. <laughs> yeah, he, he's, he is a Gary Sue. Um, Corson, I wanted to ask you really quick. Um, the whole thing about having a chosen one in the show, like Luke yeah. Skywalker in Star Wars, Jon Snow was the chosen one before this season, right? Mm-hmm. Like, 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 where do we go from here? I don't know. That's that's kind of what I was building to. Like, I, the thing is. I don't know if ISIS has, but I don't know that the other three of us have read all the leaks. So we we know the one that's been correct 95% of the time. Right, 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 right. So based off that, it's pretty safe to say we know where this is going. And it's stupid. It's um it's just not nothing about the narrative up to this point supports it. So the the entire show so far has been the song of fire and ice and the debate has always been does that mean that you know john and danny working together john and danny fighting each other or john and danny getting together and making a baby like what is going to be the song of ice and fire right and for it to basically be uh none of those really that they work together and then they weren't i just uh uh, if if I have to watch David Benioff on the behind the scenes thing, say subvert expectations, or they kind of forgot this, I'm going to blow yeah, my head that's off. That's the thing. The post show wrap up thing that Benioff and, and Wise keep doing is making it worse. They need to stop airing those because They're like terrible. whenever whenever they were like, oh, it turns out Danny kind of forgot about the Iron Fleet and. People were like, yeah, but the scene literally before that, they were talking about the Iron Fleet. It was just it's just been it's been a shit show. I don't I don't have another way to describe it. So, Corey Smith, I know you just (laughs) rejoined us and I'm going to send this question to you and I hope you can answer it. Um, Did I? There you are. Ladies and gentlemen, Corey Smith has joined the podcast. Um, Podcast. Podcast. Um, question: How are your expectations going into the next, the final episode? Because honestly, we could talk about this episode, the bells, all we want to. We can talk about the visuals. We can talk about, and we will absolutely talk about Clegane Bowl. We can talk about um, Drogon just absolutely turning King's Landing into dirt. But what are your expectations for? These characters that you've grown to know and love and like write multiple theory posts on winter is coming about and and do all these death odds for 
what are your what are your expectations going into the finale? I don't have any. Uh, Fair, just same. I mean, same. I just don't. I don't. I'm just at this point. I'm I'm watching it, and whatever happens, I mean, cool. That'll, that'll be fun, I guess. Uh, I mean, they haven't. I, I just they haven't left us enough room to narratively wrap up what all is in the brain on us, and so if I feel like if I have some expectations there i'm just going to be let down so it's just like well you know i guess we'll see what they think is a good ending but i already know it's probably not going to be um i think we touched on it earlier like you know totally fine with it happening just not how and when it happened um right like we're just we're not even gonna have enough time to process it you know, the only thing I could say that might, that even barely explains it, is if she went into that battle, just, she knew from the jump she was going to burn King's Landing to the ground. That's what have happened. Like, I think Varus betraying her was the last straw. And Okay, well, know. let me talk about, let me talk about that, because you brought this point up today at work. You said that um, you had an, an, an inclination that she and Grey Worm had an idea that they were going to sack King's Landing no matter what, right? And that um, that look that they gave each other, even when Tyrion said, if they ring the bells, then you need to not sack the, sack the city. Um, that look that she gave Grey Worm was like, yeah, okay, whatever. And then Grey Worm spears that, that Lannister guard after Drogon takes off. So um, what I'm wondering is, no, there's not a <laughs> in our chat. Somebody says there's a ghost. No, there's not a ghost. There's actually a uh, thing going behind our house right now. So anyway, um, uh, let's talk about this really quick. Um, I just got off track, <laughs> and now I'm looking oh, for I, I, I do think that I think that they went into it. They, they loved Missandei. She did all the stuff for Westeros, and she had tried. You know, since she got not to pull out her nuclear bomb, and she had paid the price for it. Uh, dragons, she lost Jorah, she lost Mustaine, and then Varus is betraying her just because she he found out about John's heritage. I think she was just like... And then, of course, John sort of rejected her romantically um, in, that, in that one scene. And I think, just like, that's it. I'm fucking done with you people. I tried, and I tried, and I tried, and I tried. And y'all are still just not in the message. And so I think she was bored before the battle, just we're going to wreck the hell out of King's Landing. And of course, the worm's going to say yes. So, so I absolutely hate myself. Yeah, so I absolutely hate myself right now because I'm actually going to agree with um, Corey Smith uh, in the fact that, you know, I think that Danny really found herself in a point. Uh, because his internet is so crappy, I want to make sure that I explain it a little bit better. <laughs> um, that, you know, the fact is that, you know, you can say that Danny went crazy, whatever the case may be. But the fact is, is that the people that she she trusted the most, um, she trusted, you know, uh, varies to a point. She um, trusted, you know, John explicitly. I mean, she trusted him and, and loved him, um, cares about him. They're they're. <laughs> Their family, um, in in the literal sense, Zing. 
And so I, and then, then you have Tyrion who keeps on fucking up all the, all over the place. Um, you know, she loses Masande. I mean, all, she loses her son, her other, her, her second child. Um, she loses that child now. So, you know, I think that I'm not, again, not justifying the fact that she just burned up everybody, but every time that she did what other people wanted. And I think that was what Masande's point was saying Dracarys is that we've tried to do everything the way other people wanted. Now it's time to be a dragon. And that's exactly what she was. I mean, whether you agree with it or not, and I, I of course don't agree with it, but you know, you, once you get painted into a corner, you know, it's either fight or flight and she was fighting. I would like to see if, um, wow, we got an echo on the line. <laughs> Man, we are this, this is garbage. This is a garbage podcast tonight, guys. I just want to know. I'm going to be editing this for like three hours tomorrow. Anyway, um, everybody mute up. So, um, yeah, let's let's talk about this really quick. Um, first of all, Isis, do you mind if we mention spoilers from Reddit? I don't know if you've read them yet or not. I, I want to make sure we I clear have it. With it go ahead. Okay, no, so I'm go gonna give, ahead. I I'm haven't gonna, read them though, but it's fine. I'm gonna I'm gonna give everybody else on the podcast the one person probably that's still listening just for the come on guys. It's the ghost it from your house. It's the ghost. It's the ghost from my house. Listen, guys, you have five seconds. Five, four, three, two, one. Here is the spoiler. There's a couple of meshed spoilers. One is that Tyrion will be put on trial for treason, and that's because he released Jamie. Um, and then there's another rumor that John will see that Danny's about to kill Tyrion and somehow trick him trick her into getting close and then stab her and kill her. So that's that's the really lame, really stupid spoiler out there that John's gonna be the one to kill Danny. Now did we watch almost eight seasons of Jon Snow, the most honorable man in the Seven Kingdoms after Ned Stark died? Um Growing up, dying, coming back, leading leading his house to victory over over the Boltons, taking back the North. Did we watch this kid grow up to trick his own family member and stab her, or would Jon Snow be the kind of guy that would come straight at her with long claw raised? Because I'm starting to get really pissed off at these leaks because we know that the leaks for last episode were 100% correct, beat by beat by beat. There were a couple things like a horse getting eaten in half and all that, but everything else is pretty spot on. Corey Thone, would you hate it if we had Ninja Assassin Jon Snow? No, I guess because uh, some of the other leaks are worse, uh, and I'm I'm almost like, convinced that the worst the the idea that like uh, I read one that was Tyrion blows up the dragon pit with all the lords in there, including himself, and oh. that there's no one left to be in charge. And like, oh, the people of Westeros will govern themselves, and it'll be a democracy or some shit. And uh, I don't know. There's there's others, but. Yeah, I mean, I think if John doesn't kill Danny, then seriously, and I mean this as someone who has been, if I had to stand for any of the people who had a claim to the throne, it would have been John. If John doesn't kill Danny, what is his point? Exactly. Like, what, what What is the point of anything that he has done? Because 
he certainly didn't kill the Night King. Even though I think at this point, it's pretty obvious he's going to kill the Night King in the book. Yeah, so, I, I, subverting expectations on the show does not equal the book. Right, and and that's not to say that Arya killing the Night King wasn't cool as shit. I was a fan it of was, it. I, it was I badass. Defended it. I defended it. I said it makes it can make sense narratively because they still had three episodes left, and they can, you know, the basically flipping the middle finger to the whole concept of Azor High and all that. But now, just like last season, and I think this is something that we've had to deal with with the five stages of grief and everything else is last season and this season have almost the exact same pacing and narrative issues. But last season we were way more forgiving because we still had this season because we were still like, they'll get there. It'll be fine. I mean, we'll look back on it and be like, oh, yeah, you know, that was kind of dumb, but whatever, we got there. Well, we're here and it sucks. And it's not, again, it's not just like us. The two, two of the three worst reviewed episodes in the show's history are the last two episodes. And then the one that was all in Dorn in season five. And they're, Those, they're sitting at 53 and 50 percent on Rotten Tomatoes. They're lucky to be above 50 because before I, I, like this morning, they were at 42. So some like last second semi positive reviews came in to bump it above 50, <laughs> which is still an F, by the way. And it, it's just this is this was real bad. Like there's no in, in terms of prettiness. It was super pretty. Sapachek, or however you say his name, can direct the hell out of an episode. The actors in it, the Tyrion and Jamie scene alone, uh, was dynamite. Then Tyrion telling Varys it was it. Varys is great in this episode, honestly. Even though he really was, even though you know it comes back down to, and I'm I'm sure we'll get into this in just a minute. I t- I've talked about it in my articles and on the podcast after both before and immediately after the Battle of Winterfell. What had Danny done? That made people think she was crazy. Like, nothing. nothing. They've driven her crazy by abandoning her and betraying her and, and all that shit. Fine. I accept the bullet points of Danny's descent into madness. And that's really the problem with these last two seasons. It's all just fucking bullet points. Like, if I was to ask you, hey, how did they get to the point where uh, Littlefinger got assassinated by Arya? How'd they get there? It would just be Sansa and Arya. And Can you Rand remember? A, yeah, so you, you just have bullet points. Can you remember the things that let A, you really can't, because B, it was stupid. Like, if you go back and watch, fake they drama. were trying, they were fake drama, they were trying, and it's been the same thing. Without any justification, you had Sansa acting like a bitch to Danny all the time. And, like, there's a difference between being defensive and just being catty. You also had Danny being unable to, rec- to read a room ever. Her her lack of any sort of nuance or subtlety is the, the thing that mirrors this season the most, probably. Uh, mm-hmm. It was just everything about it has been forced and pushed. And here we go. Danny's going crazy. And it's like, yeah, she lost she lost two dragons in the last seven episodes. But uh, also you have not shown her dealing with that at all. She lost the first dragon and immediately proceeded to bang on a boat. And then the second, <laughs> the second dragon, you know, was killed in front of her. She yelled at some ships and then just flew away. And then, and then all of a sudden, people just started abandoning her left and right. I mean, like it all took place. Most of the breakdown took place in the last episode, and that's not enough time to process it. Period. For viewers, there's a at reason all. that the outcry around this episode has been so loud, and it's not. Simply because Danny went mad, it's how she went mad, right? 
they spent 7.8 seasons building a character that you know had definitely had some targaryen tendencies to her but also was very empathetic very loving uh was misa was a freer of slaves was a defender of the lower class all that shit and just i mean literally it felt for everyone except a few you know people who already didn't like her i guess it felt like it came out of nowhere she locked her fucking children up in a dungeon they killed one baby yeah and it wasn't even proven in the books they're like i don't think they really did it i think it's a fake like uh we think the sons of a harpy killed the kid and put the kid in a bag and brought it to to danny and danny just locked her dragons up that's another thing too is is uh uh, maybe maybe circle back to me. I don't want to take up too much time ranting. Circle back, and if we have time, I'll bitch about. Yeah, yeah, bitch. okay. Well, I want to get to Smith and ISIS um, because ISIS has been helping Smith with his internet. But um, did 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 Clagane Bowl? Did Clagane Bowl um, meet your expectations, Corey Smith? Yeah, I'd say so. There's some cheesy bits to it, but. It was a good moment, and I liked that the the mountain basically, you know, for the first time we'd ever seen disobey Cersei and Kyburn. Uh, you know, like you sort of thought maybe he happened because the Hound attacked Cersei, right? But clearly he was wanting to fight his brother, and I like that kind of added dimension to it. I mean. Kyburn paid the the price pretty quick for that, but um, he got his fucking brain slammed out of his skull. I literally looked down for a second, like I was opening a beer or something, and then next I look up and there's his brains everywhere. I'm like, what the fuck just happened? Uh, yeah, I liked it. I thought it was a good fight. I mean, they went on at each other for a long time, so it was a it was a good fight, and clearly the mountain wasn't going down. Um, so yeah, I thought it was I thought it was good. ISIS in the books, the Red Keep is a building that the mountain, along with another guy, climbs the side of to get inside and kill Elia Martell and her babies during the sack of King's Landing when Jamie Lannister kills the Mad King. I thought it was poetic that Sandor the Hound jumps through the wall and makes his death in the fire, but he also pushes the mountain off the same building that he was so infamous for, for climbing. Um, I'm not sure if you were a big fan of Clegane Bowl, or if you were like always a big, because I know Phone was. Phone, I know you're hyped up. You were hyped for Clegane Bowl. But, Ooh. woohoo! But um, I wish we had some air horns. I, I need a soundboard. But uh, Isis, before that, we got some really tender moments with the Hound and Arya. How did you feel about that? Because we had – I want to mirror this. I, here, here's what I want to mirror. During during episode 803, The Long Night, we had um, Bran tell Theon that he was a good man, and thank you. And then in this episode, we had Arya tell the Hound that, thank you, Sandor. She called him Sandor. How did you feel about it? No, I mean I, I always knew that the Hound was going to die. I didn't expect him to live after this episode. Um, but I, I have to give it, and and um, and she's not here today. But I have to give it to Sarah. Sarah's the one that called it, as far as saying, "Hey, I think that you know she's gonna find her humanity, and that the Hound was the one. I believe she was the one who said that that the Hound was the one that was gonna try to turn her back and find her humanity, um, and not follow through with her 
you know, um, with her, her list. And so I, I think we all, you know, she's not here today. So I think, you know, we'll, I'll, I want to at least say to her that she, she was absolutely right about that. Um, I thought it was kind of unexpected because I was so invested in her going and finishing her list. Um, it made sense for her, you know, to have that tender moment. And the fact that she, she called him by his name, by his given first name. That I was think that was, that was an added moment there that you just went, oh man, this is, this is, this is the moment where she's like, you know what? I know you're going to die. But before you die, you're not on my list anymore. She didn't say that, but I believe that's what she inferred was that, hey, you know what? You're a good guy. Thank you. Um, and you're not on my list anymore. So so I, I, in my mind, that's what it spoke to me as a, as you know, as that it was. And it was a very touching moment. It was a really beautiful moment. I will say that Lane Bowl, um, I enjoyed it. Um, it was, it was really interesting to see this fight. And I love the fact that, um, the mountain was pushing his fingers through the eyes of his brother. Oh my God. I was turning my head. I, I couldn't watch it. Dude, it was such, I, I don't know if anybody else had PTSD from the first time we saw that happen, um, mm-hmm. with the, uh, what's his name from Dorn. Uh, and, and then you're just like, Oh my God, this is, you know, it was an immediate reaction. Like, Oh God, we're about to see his skull squished. Um, and then just to see, um, you know, the hound just laugh. And just stabbing the crap out of his brother, and um, and then eventually stab him in the eye, and, and I and through the brain. Um, so I really, really thought that this episode, that part of the episode, was really, really great as far as the storytelling, and that he wasn't afraid of dying anymore by fire. He was just like, the only way I'm going to be able to do that is to confront my fear, and and just go ahead and do it. So you know, hats off to him. Um, really, I wasn't, I'm not a book reader, so I don't know about how the story about the mountain climbing across the the wall or anything like that. So it's really completely, uh, you know, I I don't care. Um, but it was a really good moment and the visuals were incredible. I'm so glad that Isa said, I don't know about that from the book. Do you want to know how many times in the past 24 hours? That I've had people say, well, in the books, Danny does stop your talking right now. This ain't the books. <laughs> I haven't read them. I ain't going to read them because they're never going to be finished. And I'm not going to start something that's not going to finish. <laughs> and I'm not going to read them. This isn't the books. This is the show. So if you're going to cite for me things that happened in the books that imply or like, oh, this is a real Easter egg. Danny go crazy. Fine. Great. That's in the books. I'm not denying that the end game of, you know, the song of ice and fire is going to be Danny going evil. I'm just, I think we're all saying this was just, this ain't it chief <laughs> is what we're all saying. Yeah. And uh, I, I'm going to tell you, right. Anybody who, anybody who brings up that book nonsense to you, there's no foreshadowing in the books that she's going mad queen. Like, I just don't, I don't buy it. And the, like Corey Smith, I've read the book several times. I'm probably on my fifth reread of the books because I'm a stupid idiot. And I keep thinking that Martin will finish the next book soon. But uh, anyway, I'm, I'm a hopeless romantic. Um, if anybody quotes that crap to you, just spit it back at them. That shit does not exist. Well, okay, books. and I, this is what I wanted to talk about earlier. And, and the only reason I'm talking is because I, I doubt Smith could go two sentences without his internet cutting out on us. But <laughs> Shut up. <laughs> He's probably still talking right now. Yeah. They're, I'm they're, not. 
What was that? <laughs> so there, there is a list. It was a tweet that's going around that was like, oh, here are all the great examples of Danny doing something bad. They should have told you that she was going to turn evil. And the list is absolute garbage. Season one, Danny Burns, Miri Mazdur, I would say her name, the, yeah. the crazy witch lady that screwed her over. Like, okay, that doesn't count, right? Isn't that the lady or is that the city? No, it's the lady. That's the lady. Yeah, I'm not wrong. That's that's the crazy lady that that like had her give birth to a demon or whatever the hell that was. In the in season two, she burns the house of the undying, who had kidnapped her and her dragons. In season three, she burns down Astapor, a place that cuts the cock and balls off of children and turns them into soldiers' slaves. Right. In season four, she crucifies the Masters of Marine. These were the Masters of Marine that had crucified babies as mile markers on the road to Marine for fun. Uh, she burns the, or she burns a bunch of noblemen. This is the one. Danny burning the noblemen, fine. That probably could have been handled better. <laughs> Danny needed to make a statement to the sons of the harpy, so you're she kind did. of iffy there. It's it's but that's the one because like she wasn't sure if that person that she burned it was almost at random right season six she burns Vostathrak again the Dothraki seem to be to, totally cool with it and and secondly they they, must, can, can you, they, they were going to rape her there they, they were going to rape her yeah yeah and then she burns this is the worst one season seven Danny burns the wagon train you mean in battle against an army she's fighting. I like, hate that argument so much. The, re- like, the, the stretch, the reaching is so much to try to find things that like, oh, you see, this is how bad she's always been. It's like, no, nah, what I'm seeing, fam, is a show that retconned all this shit. I don't know. I, I just. He uh, left off. He left off the very first one. And this one really made me laugh. And he kind of pissed me off at the same time. When Khal Drogo poured the gold over her brother's head to kill him, she didn't show any empathy for her brother. What? <gasps> yeah, that was one. Yeah, somebody said that was in my because uh, the same. I'm encountering the same arguments everywhere. Someone put that on a, on my one Facebook status about this and was like, she didn't even care that her brother died. That's like, yeah, she didn't care so much that she uh, named her dragon after him. <laughs> well, no. Well, hold on a second. Also, he sold her to a Dothraki king or whatever you want to call it. And then not only that, but wanted to, you know, threaten to rape her at every point. Mm, yeah, I'm not going to feel a whole lot of sympathy. He was very abusive. Yep. Yeah, he was a very abusive brother. So mm, not sure if I feel so bad for him. And had 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 called Drogo not been there, he might have stabbed her in the pregnant belly because he was mad. I agree. I completely, I completely agree. But let you know what I want to talk about some good things about this episode because I really feel like, to me, there were some good instances, um, in this episode. And and I, I just, I, I, it's so easy just to pile on. And believe me, I will, I will after that. Um, but I think that there were some really good episode, uh, pieces of this. I think one of them for me, and I'm just going to say one of them, I don't want to take them all, um, really was to see how after Arya left the Hound, that she really became this person who was like, 
oh my God, this God awful thing is happening. It's the apocalypse right now. And she really kind of turned it on its head and said, I need to try to help as many people as I can to get out of there. Right. I need to try to, you know, save as many instead of being a killer, instead of being somebody who's taking life away to be a lifesaver. And I really enjoyed that about, again, kind of turning her arc around. Not that she's changing who she is, uh, <clears throat> Aladani, but I really felt like it was something that was something very reminiscent of uh, of who she who she really is and bringing that out in her, um, even to the point. Corey, we're talking about Arya. Jesus Christ. <laughs> um, so, so, you know, I really felt that even the point and I and I don't think I've seen this written anywhere. Um, but when I saw the white horse and that white horse was the horse that was uh, the I guess the the general of the uh, of the uh, Golden Company or whatever, right? Yeah, Mr. Trash I, character number one. Yes, exactly. Wait, I really? Think, yes, yes, that was it, the horse. It wasn't Shadowfax. <laughs> <laughs> but I I'm gonna tell you something, and I'm not a book reader, but just listening to you. Well, you're not. You know, no, I'm not. Uh, but just listening to you, David and Corey Smith, talk about the fucking book all the damn time. Um, you know who she reminded me of? She reminded me of her of uh, of Lyanna Stark, someone who I believe didn't she have a white horse that she had? She was a great horseman and everything. Um, she was a defender of of people who were drowned, uh, downtrodden. Um, it really kind of showed me that. That really, she, maybe she is, you know, not only does she look like her, but she really is her. Yeah, there's some, there's some great parallels from the book Arya to show Arya and to Lyanna Stark. Um, she likes to ride horses. Um, she does defend the, the people who can't defend themselves. Like, there's a story about um, the great tournament at Heron Hall where uh, Lyanna Stark dons uh, a bunch of mismatched armor and she calls herself the Laughing Knight, I think is what our Knight of the Laughing Tree and she defends Howland Reed. It's a big thing. It's pretty fun, pretty cool. Um, so yeah, Arya is just like that. Um, but I want to tell you right now, if you're one of those people out there on Reddit that thinks that Bran warged into that fucking white horse and trotted up to Arya so she could escape, turn off the internet right now and go outside. There is a big wide world out there, and Bran is not warging your internet, I promise. And, but, and also... Be, that can't be the case because that would imply Brand did anything, and that <laughs> <laughs> this is true. Um, that was a great final moment for for Arya to be galloping away. Um, yeah, yeah, it, yeah. Except for we see her back in King's Landing next week. <laughs> What's she? <laughs> I, I mean, <laughs> sorry. Shut up, but, Smith. But... We're trying not to just shit all over everything. I'm sorry. My bad. Smith comes in with the Wu Tang. He comes in with the exact great point that yeah, she what she what does she? Do? Mm. Uh, yeah, listen, we don't know how far she makes it out of the city, but we do know she's there and she's pissed off and she doesn't understand what's going on. I get that, but whatever. Um, <laughs> I feel like we bounced around this episode so much. Well, okay. I, but because the episode was was basically from the point 
that they rang the surrender bell, this episode became Crazy Town Banana Pants. And whether you were <laughs> Game of Thrones pinball. Yeah, whether you were a fan of it or not, like if you were someone who was super on board with everything or if you were like me, just sitting there going, wow, they didn't give you any chance to process anything before they just dove straight in. It was, you know, it, it, it was a br- it was brutal. It was brutal to watch. And, you know, even people that we've come to expect competency from like Arya just, you know, Arya grabbed that lady who apparently was named vicky maybe <laughs> I, I don't know if you saw that screen cast yeah yeah of, i think it was just somebody's like auto um uh captioning doing the wrong word but like grabbing that lady and getting her out of, like it got her killed and her kid you know so um it was just an episode full of unex i don't know how else to describe it i mean unexpected stuff that was also expected would you, would you say it was subverted expectations no because i expect i knew it was going to happen that, <laughs> that's what makes it worse that's what should let people know that it's puzzling is because all of us well not all of us but all of us that read the leaks were like wow that's probably what's going to happen i guess and the second that Tyrion started talking about bells should have been like up oh, shit they are going to do that um yeah that was and, and we all knew it was coming our expectations were low and we were still disappointed so anyway i'm glad the cartoon pirate got killed um i was i was very done with Euron. you mean like, when he just fucking stumbled upon a main character again I, I again know. yeah like like he like, for some reason for some reason um jamie runs down to where the dinghy is instead of trying to get to where i, <laughs> I don't get that i don't understand his path he took to get to us to Cersei, but um, it was so fucking weird. Um, I want to talk about a couple things that I, that that got on my nerves. Let's talk about how the Golden Company was a huge red herring this entire no, time. Let's, let's stay on Euron and Jamie for a minute. <laughs> I mean, let's stay on those two because honestly, the fight was garbage. The the the, the talking, but like Euron's taunting was garbage. His taunting to Jamie since season seven has been, "I fucked your sister." Or I'm going to fuck your sister. I'm going to put my thumb in her butthole. Like, there's all these kind of things. Like, all these these weird things he says to Jamie. So now, all of a sudden, he finds him on this deserted beach where where Jamie's supposed to take uh, Cersei and escape to Pentos. Which, by the way, Corey Smith, can you please tell me, how, how does that even work? Just, oh, my you- God. I'm, I'm so glad you stopped for a second. Yeah, what the fuck was the plan there? Jamie has one hand. Cersei's pregnant. They're going to row across the fucking sea to another continent in a rowboat? What the fuck was there, even if they'd gotten out? Like, I mean... It worked for Gendry. Gendry <laughs> rode in circles. He didn't row across the ocean. Not to mention, Gendry clearly has athletic skills beyond any mortal man in Westeros because he And can he row. does. Mm. <laughs> he's, still, he's still a bottom. But anyways, um, I mean, yeah, what was the plan there? You're going to row past the Iron Fleet or you're going to row past Danny's forces to where literally across the ocean? I Okay, anyways, back to the fight. It was garbage. It was high garbage. And um, Jamie got stabbed in both kidneys, if I remember correctly. And he won the fight by, by plunging his sword into to Euron, who had the last laugh. <laughs> I still fucked your sister, and I'm the man who killed Jamie Lannister. 
they still gave him the cheesiest lines. Like, come on, man. Like, I'm so glad he's not on the show anymore. Um, but, for the last episode? Yeah, for the last episode. I'm so glad he's not going to be on the last episode. Um, I do want to talk about, because it's really bothers me, and I really want to get this out, the Golden Company being the huge red herring that they were. Like, you know, um, and, and I'm not going to go book nerd on you, but Harry Strickland is a coward in the books. And... <laughs> He kind of showed his cowardice by running away from the Dothraki, which, by the way, Corey's phone. How many Dothraki does Danny have? I don't know. Could be 10, could be 10 million. It doesn't matter. The, there is no consistency. But, like, uh, you, I mean, everybody, there again. There was a major respawning. There was a major you. respawning. <laughs> I mean, they, turns out that they are, whatever it's called, when a cell splits on its own to make two cells. That's how. Is that is that Asexual. chlorophyll? Like, but that's uh, <laughs> zygote. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. But yeah, that's what they. That's, that's I, the I only explanation. I just want to note that he just dropped a fucking Billy Madison. <laughs> <laughs> or like chlorophyll, but I, I legitimately don't know where they all came from. Uh, and then my another hilarious part: we saw all these Dothraki outside, but then whenever. <laughs> Whenever they went crashing through the, the hole in the wall, there was like eight, and then it was unsullied. It was Grey Worm. <laughs> it's like, damn, these unsullied run quick. They beat all those horses in here. Like, I just... Uh, yeah, Grey Worm, Grey Worm speared Harry Strickland through the back after after all the Dothraki... Pat, like, he, like, I don't even know how he made it that far, Like, but whatever. I, you know what? Whatever like you brought the golden company in, you, you spent they they didn't really spend a lot of time on them, so I guess I, can't, I shouldn't complain too much. Um, well, as far I mean, if they're, I'm going to tell you right now, if they had the elephant, that would have been a game changer. That's that Damn. is a game changer because because yeah. Drogon would have blown up some fucking elephants, and she, they, Drogon would have been the Selena Meyer of, of Game of Thrones. So all right, I think it's and time. that's a veep. That's a veep final season joke for you folks. Boom, and I think it's time we talk about the other. Uh, you know, missing weapon because they didn't have elephants, and I guess uh, they don't have missiles anymore because they had however many we saw on the castle walls and on those boats, and they went three for three shooting at Rhaegal, just right, right through the neck, right through the chest, and everything. Couldn't hit Drogon with 150,000 shots. Uh, that was My only per- explanation is that Drogon was being ridden by Danny, and she was she was guiding him and all like no, that. That's, that's my only no, that's dumb as shit. They were they were too powerful already when they killed Rhaegal. If they really, I don't I don't want to get into here's how it should have ended type shit because we could be here all day. But if they would have just had John ride Rhaegal in the King's Landing, then win the battle, and then have while they're surrendering, have one of them shoot Rhaegal while John's on him. During the surrender, and had that be the last straw for Danny, it made a lot more sense. But anyway, that's Which, just by me. the way, by the way, let me bring up something. I'm sorry to interrupt you. I'm not really sorry, but I am going to interrupt you. Um, the, a lot of people have been pointing out that the last episode, um, when Danny is strategizing how to move her armies up the King's Road and through White Harbor down down the coast to Dragonstone, mm-hmm. um, Grey Worm, like John, takes the big dragon circle that that is. That denotes Rhaegal. Like, there's two big dragon uh, chips. One is for uh, Drogon. One is for Rhaegal. John takes Rhaegal's chip and sets it with his his men going down the King's Road. 
Grey Worm reaches over and grabs Regal's chips and puts it with Danny's chips. And he looks at John like, motherfucker, touch it again and beat your ass. So <laughs> here's my theory. It's Grey Worm's fault. Fair. Grey, it's fair. And also, I'm pretty sure that the like, if you watched an episode well, on Sunday night when Grey Worm, he mean mugged John twice. Once when John came into Danny's room to talk to her and got all grossed out because he kissed, he mean mugged him on the way out. And then when they were in King's Landing and John was holding his men mech, Grey Worm mean mugged him again. I think we're going to get a Grey, a Grey Worm and a John no, duel. This, I completely this, agree with that. I think it's more evidence that, that Grey Worm and Danny knew going in that they sacked the city because I think Grey Worm – was told keep an eye on John and see what his reaction to this is. Right? Like I, I don't we're even gonna think we're going to test him and and see what he about all this. But either way, we're doing it. I, I I don't think it was keep an eye on John to, and tell report back what his reaction was is what his reaction was going to be in. I think it was more of if John tries to stop you, kill him. I think that's more either, either that would be. That would be more of a play, is that if John tries to stop you, go ahead and kill him off. Yeah, I think that... That's essentially the same, the same thing, though, is what I'm saying. That Danny told Grey Worm to keep an eye on John. And yeah, if she tried to stop him, then you have my permission to kill him, even though I've been banging him. All right, let's, let's, let's get well, into another question I, really quick. Well, no, I, I don't want to go too okay, far go on this, ahead, because I wanted, to, I wanted to talk about, flesh this out a little bit more, as far as you know, here we have John, who is now obviously looking at at uh, at you know his counterpart, going, "What the fuck um, did we just do?" You know, kind of thing. And I think that you know John is really kind of put in a, a really you know, of course, bad position and stuff like that, where he he's going to have to react. Whereas he said all along, "I don't want to do this. I don't want to be a part of this." You know, or I should say, he doesn't want to be king. Blah blah blah, or whatever. Um, I, I really feel like it's really going to come down to where John, if John is the one who, who I believe is going to be the one that's going to have to kill Danny, um, he's going to have to get through, um, gray worm first. And I, I, I sincerely believe that that's going to be the play. You cannot have from a, 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 from a TV show and, and correct me if I'm wrong, Corey, uh, phone, because you know about more about this than I do, but you can't give Arya two main characters that are, are bad people that they're going to, that she's going to kill. It has to show some worth as far as who John is, what his story arc is. Cause if not, then he, he, this entire time he's just been a background player. Would you agree with that Thone? I mean, I, I would, I, I don't think Arya was, if she gets to kill both, you know, Danny and the Night King, then I don't know, like you said, what John's arc is. Yeah. So, I mean, I think that, you know, I think we can all agree is that the, the gray, gray worm is her last arc, if you will, or anchor to this world is, and the only, the last person that she really does care about her and her dragon, a uh, uh, gray worm and her dragon. But anyway, in talking about that, two people who really do care about each other, um, died this episode, and I'm not going to lie. I wasn't exactly happy about how that went down. You talking about uh, Cersei and uh, Jamie? 
Why, yes, I am. Uh, because that went down exactly how I expected it. Like, I'm not happy that he left Brienne. That really pissed me off. And he was a dick for doing it. But he fulfilled his whole, this whole prophecy thing. Like, they, they kind of low-key, they low-key fulfilled a book prophecy. Because they came in this world together, holding each other. And then... They went out of the world holding each other. And and even though this was not talked about in the prophecy of the Valonqar, which is in the books, but they only kind of skimmed over it on the show when she goes to that witch when she's a little girl and talks about three the golden shrouds where her children will have. There's a, there's furthermore in that prophecy when um they say um that the Valonqar, you'll die by the hands of the Valonqar, something like that. I'm, I'm not I'm not saying exactly how it's supposed to be, but she was in the hands of her younger brother. She she she's the oldest. Um, Jamie's younger than she is, and she was in the hands of Jamie. So it, it was a kind of a low key nod to the books, I believe. So they they went out. It was it was. It, I kind of felt. I kind of I, I kind of had feelings for him. I was like, this kind of sucks. I feel bad, and they're crying and they're upset. And Jamie was was holding her like Jamie knew like this is it. We're going out. So just look at me, and I'm gonna hold you. And here comes here comes the ceiling. We're gone, and it was kind of sad and tragic. Fuck, See, absurd. I don't know. I felt, all three of I us at like... once were like, "Nope." <laughs> 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 well, no. I mean, this is my thing. You know, all of the the major bad people had some incredible deaths. Whether it be the Night King, whether it be um, Cersei's son, whether, you know, all of these incredible deaths have happened. And then she fucking gets crushed. I mean, she gets literally gravity is the worst enemy of the freaking um, Lannister family. Um, it, it just, <laughs> it's just, it didn't, it didn't make sense to me. I really so wanted it's common it's, oh my god i'm it's, i'm sorry i apologize it's why i say these things um so you know I, I really felt like that is something that really kind of irked me a little bit i would have rather have seen her go out swinging or uh, you know something about you know a poison uh, i think that there was a really poignant moment and i i don't remember what episode um you other nerds would know this episode, but where there was a, a comment made by that women kill by poison or eunuchs kill by poison or somebody else. I mean, I guess that's something that I probably would have been okay with because it would have been, she would have been doing it at her, on her own terms. And I, I would have been like, Oh, okay, well I can see why she did that. But it just, just fucking shit. Just crawl. Just, falling all over them um it made sense from a point of view in my opinion for jamie because he's always said that he wanted to die in the arms of the woman that he loves at the end of the day whether we agree with it or not that's the woman that he loves um you know unfortunately he's just like one of these people on live pd who just you know can't freaking pick a right spouse and they always get a, they always, they're always getting arrested and shit like that but um you know or, or he's got some kind of like uh what is it the the uh stockholm syndrome <laughs> he just keeps on coming back but right. i i really just want him i just to me i felt like um cersei deserved a better uh ending and um and I think that the actress also said that as well. I'm not sure. I, I think I read it somewhere. Maybe on Winter's Coming. I don't know. 
Um, all right, so let's let's wrap hold this on. podcast. Hold, hold on. I, I, oh I my to, god, here we go. I disagree slightly. Uh, yes, I would have preferred something maybe a little bit different, but I like the irony of the fact that Cersei literally got crushed by the Red Keep um, and the you know the the home of the Iron Throne. You know, she's sought power her entire plot, her entire arc. And to kind of see, literally get crushed by the symbol of that power, I sort of liked. Um, I think that maybe part of why I didn't like this scene, though, was that we really didn't get much from Cersei this season. Um, She basically had, I think, three scenes before this episode. Um, You know, like one in the first episode and then two in the second. And then the third and the fourth, she was entirely absent. so, you know, we didn't really get with Lena Headey. And like Isis said, that's a crime. She's a fantastic actress. Um, and I wish we would have gotten more with her this season. I think that kind of robbed her of, of some of the, the gravity. We, yeah, we definitely talked about Lena Headey when you were trying to fix your internet. And since you didn't yeah. fix your internet, it takes a lot for jumping in on that conversation. Let me just say, I hated, I hated the uh, the way that Cersei and Jamie went out. I, uh, I think I, I hit it up top when I said, you know, if you were watching that for the first time, you'd think, oh, wow, look at these sympathetic characters. Nope, they're both pieces of garbage. Cersei is trash. And the fact that she got to go out, you know, basically pretty painlessly when it's all said and done. I mean, she got crushed and uh, in the arms of her, you know, brother's lover, brother, lover, whatever the hell you want to call it. uh, It's bullshit. I hate it. I think it's awful. Um, You know, it was all said and done. This is a fictional show that people love to say, oh, you know, Game of Thrones. Well, you know, it's fiction, but it's, it's it's realism that really drives it home. It's, yes, that realism of a handicapped child in a wheelchair getting dragged away from the Army of the Dead by Mira Reed and getting away. You know, like, they, there are characters there that they clearly protect. They have plot armor. You know, they literally resurrected Jon Snow from the dead. So, like, don't tell me that you couldn't give Cersei a worse, more painful, more deserved send-off than the one she got. I and agree. also, and also, what message does that send to the idea that, uh, you know, Cersei and Jamie's bond can't, you know, Jamie can't, he tried really hard to grow and he can't grow. And, and uh, you know, Danny, well, she was always going to be crazy because her dad, her dad was crazy and Targaryens are crazy. She's just crazy. Like, this is all just really bad That is the exact problem. Stuff. That is the exact problem that everybody's having with this episode. And I will hit this right now is that you spend all this time on Jamie Lannister growing as a character only to have him tell the woman that he truly loved, which was Gwendolyn Christie's Brienne of Tarth, um, that he's a hateful person just like his sister because she's hateful, and he goes and dies in the arms of his sister. Um, what, kind of, what kind of redemption is that? That's not any kind of redemption. And then, you know what? Uh, I, I kind of – I want to I talk a little bit more about Varys. Uh, and so what I'm going to do is we're going to wrap this up, and I'm going to talk about my – a couple because we've really shit on this episode, and it doesn't deserve – I don't feel like we did. I feel like I, I feel, we I were – I, I feel like we, we have a little bit, but that's okay. It deserves to be shit on. So I'm going to go ahead and give a couple positives, only because I feel like it, it deserves some positives. Um, here's, here's what I liked. I liked Varys 
Um, I like the fact that he was rebuilding his little birds network. Um, you know, that little girl, Martha, that came in and talked to him, that he was rebuilding his network. I want to know. Name? <laughs> I want to know that. Um, I want to know how or what was written on those on those scrolls and how many lords received those scrolls that John was the true heir of the Iron, uh, Iron Throne. And um, I would like to I would like to know more about that. So also let's talk about um, Danny being a badass and killing everybody in, in King's Landing. Everybody in King's Landing are a bunch of assholes. Okay, these are the same people who threw shit and rotten cabbage at Yara and the Sand Snakes as they were dragged by chains, but from uh, Euron Greyjoy. So fuck those people. I don't care if they got burned up. That's just my 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 two cents. Um, wh- what do you got, um, Corey Smith? Give me what you got to wrap up. Uh, I would just say I would never King's Landing. It's like living in New York City in the Marvel Universe. Like, only shit happens there. The taxes have got to be fucking terrible. Like, why would you live in that city? Move to Dorne. It's nice, dry heat. Uh, but, yeah, I don't know. I mean, this it is at this point. I'm just going to sit back and enjoy the episode next season um, and hope God that Marvel finishes. Next season? Next week, sorry, and just hope to God that Martin finishes the books, at, you know, sometime in the next ten years. Um, but yeah, I mean, I, I, I didn't hate the episode. I, I thought it was, it, it had some great moments. They just weren't all earned, and they were just kind of good moments in a vacuum. Like, yeah, I liked how Danny, I liked how Danny went crazy, just not why. You know what I mean? Like it was great when she finally, you know, that. The cinematic it looked incredible. Um, the the battle was good, but other than that, I mean, yeah, I it it was it was a so episode for me. The real question is: Are, are we going to be able to keep anything that Smith says on this fucking podcast, or, or are we to just going to have four, hour, four hours in editing on a thirty minute podcast? <laughs> and it'll be fifteen minutes by the time this is done. Um, Isis, uh, what what was your wrap up from this entire episode? Yeah, my uh, and I've already said it from the top. Um, you know, I'm just gonna watch the last, you know, episode. I'm going to pull up, pull out as much joy as I can out of it. If there's going to be any joy, um, hopefully for Arya. I think if if dude, if if Arya dies, then I'm pretty much done. I'll never watch the show ever again. Um, but I I'm really just looking. To be honest, I know this sounds really bad. But I'm just ready for it to end now. I mean, I was really excited about season eight and was like, man, I'm I'm going to be so upset, you know, watching every episode and and, you know, kind of thinking, man, I, I don't want it to end. I don't want it to end. And now I'm like, yeah, yeah, let's let's end this and let's just be done with it already. So um, I, I, I am going to hate not being able to talk about it with this great group of people, um, even Corey Smith. And, um, but I think for me, that's, you know, that's probably going to be the toughest thing about, you know, losing this episode. And I'm, I'm not going to lie. I saw this meme today that made me laugh. And, and it says, you know, uh, someone, are you a game of Thrones fan? And me saying I'm someone else now and having, um, brand in the picture. I, I mean, it really is that way right now. I've, I've, I've crossed over. Corey Phone, if we don't get to see or hear from Bran or anybody else from Winterfell in the next episode, uh, 
Are you still going to come on the next podcast and be like, eh, whatever? Uh, man, I. That's a good question. I have already accepted that most of the dangling storylines that I have complained about are going to stay dangling. Some of the leaks might suggest that we get to hear from some characters we either have never met or haven't seen in a while. Um, So I don't want to say any more than that in the last episode, but if, if the last episode goes down and like John really and truly the, the show has been about John and Daenerys and then their fam, like, like John's family. And then the land, like I I know that uh, Sansa and Arya obviously are huge roles, right? Like up until season seven from one through six, Sansa, Arya, you know, those are major, those are major characters. Those are featured players. Right. But I mean, John and Danny and Cersei were kind of like the big three in my mind. Right. right. So, you know, now one of them is gone. The other one is definitely going to be gone after this episode. So I, I really, we really need John to have something satisfying happen if we're even going to reach that quote unquote bittersweet finale that George R. R. Martin said we would have. Because right now there ain't much bittersweet about it. It's just shitty. Kit Harrington said multiple times that he cried during the table read, especially when they got to the finale part. And I just want to know if he was crying because his character was put to the side and relegated to a grunter instead of a instead of a real player. Um, well, I guess we'll find out this Sunday. Um, but I I really I like the episode. And I, I again repeating everybody else in a vacuum. This was a great episode. I don't like being rushed. I don't like being told that Danny's mad queen just because. It's time to say she's a mad queen. You need to build that up. And no, there's not any amount of argument that you can tell me on the internet that that puts her as a mad queen. I do like the way she snapped. It was awesome, but that's because Amelia Clark sold it. I do like the way Arya handled going back to choose life instead of death, but that's because Macy Williams sold it. So I'm ready. I'm 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 ready for the finale. I hope it doesn't subvert my expectations because I want it to be something. I hope it really... does because all of our expectations are low oh, as shit. Okay. Well, then you're right. You know what? I do hope it subverts them because you're right. They are pretty low, but I want it. I want it to be satisfying. I don't want to, I don't want the final credits to roll and me go, Oh fuck. I got to talk about this Monday night. Really? So, um, anyway, that's going to be it for our show tonight. So I do want to say one thing. Kenny Adamo, this is a shout-out to one of our longtime listeners. He sends me questions quite a bit on Twitter, and he emailed me today, and I just wanted to answer one of his questions. He says, is Tyrion Toast next episode, or will Jon save him? Um, I think that Tyrion will be saved. I think Jon has – if there's any character arc left whatsoever – Kenny Adamo, thank you for asking. If there's any character arc left to John whatsoever, he has to save Tyrion from Danny's wrath. And to do that, I agree with Isis. He has to go through Grey Worm to get there. Um, so, thanks, thanks a lot. Thanks for listening. That's your shout out, Kenny. Hope to hear from you next week. And for anybody else that has questions for us, leave them in the comments section. So for myself, for Corey Smith, shitty internet, for Corey Phone, and for Isis, oh, and for Sarah, we hope you get better. We'll talk to you all soon. Valar Mogulis.
This is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call, click Granger.com, or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done. Saving money on everything for your next project at Menards. It doesn't matter what job you're up against. Works, cordless power tools, and lawn equipment have the power for you to get the job done faster and easier. The PowerShare 20 volt batteries run longer on a single charge, and they can be used with other tools. Check out Menards' entire selection of works, cordless power tools, and lawn equipment. Plus, the weekly flyer today on Menards.com. Save 